This is Ashley Couch, and you're listening to Life Coaching for Modern Renegades, episode number 43. Welcome to Modern Renegades Podcast. This is a life coaching podcast for the person who wants to learn how to lose themselves in the moment, not life circumstances. Each week, we will explore mental and spiritual practices that will inspire you to ask, seek, and heal. They are for the modern renegade. They are for you. Happy Thursday, Renegades. What is going on? I hope you've had a great week. Thank you for tuning in. And if you are listening today, it is your lucky day. Guess what it is today? It's story time day. How many times am I going to say day today? (laughs) I'm going to tell you a story and I'm going to use my story voice because that is my favorite. I think it's yours as well. And if it's not too bad, so sad. All right, let's dive into this one. There they were, having an unexpected evening together. She had no expectations, well, except for the one that maybe one day they would be together. But tonight wasn't about their future. He's not available. She knows because he's voiced it to her. Tonight was just two friends catching up, laughing, spending time together, bonding over current and failed relationships. It felt good hearing his laugh, his voice a soothing comfort to what had been a very long few weeks. It happened like it always does, a touch here a long, lingering stare there. And before you knew it, I was in his arms, listening to him tell me he loves me and misses me. I didn't know what to say. I couldn't say anything, but instead only think, he's my everything. This is it. And I held on as tight as I could while he made love to me that night, thinking, maybe our future starts now. I was floating for days. I could breathe in a way that I hadn't in some time, I was less consumed with when he was going to call or text or what he was doing and with who. He loves me. He'll call when he's not busy. I have things to do anyway. It's nice not to wonder about us when he'll call, but I usually hear from him by now. I'll call him. Mm, Voicemail. Damn. Hey, it's me thinking about you. Still thinking about the other night. You must be busy. Call me when you have a minute. uh, Okay, talk soon. Bye. Hey, it's me. Is everything okay? Are you okay? I mean, I'm kind of worrying. It's been over a week. Call me. Seriously? What the fuck? I can't fucking believe you. You and your same BS. You love me. You fucking love me. You can't even return my goddamn calls. I swear. I've had it. Fucking had it. Hey, sorry about that last message. Like, I feel crazy. I'm sorry. Will you just call me when you have a chance? I really need to talk to you. And here she is. Weeks later, still no word. I can hear the pain and conviction in her voice when she says, I'm so tired of these calls being about him. I'm over it. How do I just get over it? This, he and I, it's been going on for years. I don't want to keep going on with it any longer. I can't. I emotionally can't. I'm always wondering if he's with another girl. I don't feel good about myself. I see myself spinning out of control. I get distracted from my work and from my kids. I would rather feel calm and collected, strong and confident. I don't need to deal with this shit. I'm so much better than this. The way that I've allowed men in my life over the years has programmed me to be this way. If I wasn't distracted by him, I could focus on myself and my work. And what's worse is that whenever he pulls away, I start thinking I've done something wrong. I literally sit around trying to figure out what I did or said that caused him to pull away. I asked my client, what if this is just who this person is in a relationship and this is how they love? 
and she said, I don't like it. It makes me feel unimportant and not special. So why do you do it? Why do you spend time with him? Well, he's the one who told me he loves me. Sometimes I don't even say it back because I'm so surprised, but he tells me these things. What does it mean to you when he says he loves you? Well, it means he's ready. I think it means he wants more. But then he gets scared and he just bails out on me and I'm left here by myself. Is it possible he loves you and doesn't want more? That this is how he loves? This is actually who he is? But wait, before you answer that, tell me this. In a perfect world, tell me the three things this person could do to make you feel better. I would like him to communicate with me more. Engage with me in our friendship. Give us a chance. Okay, so how would you feel if he was showing up like this? I would feel special. I would feel important. What would you think to feel special? I would think he is choosing me, that he wanted and loved me. Okay, so what's stopping you from believing that now? I'm chosen, wanted, and loved. What do you mean? Well, can't you think the thought I'm chosen, special, and loved now and feel important? And special? I mean, yes, but no, 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 okay, I know. But stay with me because I want to point out a few things. You think if this person does these things, behaves in a certain way, that you will feel special. But it's our thinking that causes our feelings, not a person's behavior. Our feelings always come from our thoughts, not the circumstances. Which leads me to this you're operating from a manual. A manual. A manual. A manual is, in essence, a guidebook, or better yet, like a rule book of expectations for the way people should behave in your life, how they should treat you and show up so that you can feel a certain way, usually a good way. Most everyone is operating from a manual. But here's what I find the most fascinating about my manual, your manual. We expect everyone to know what's in our manual without telling them. And when they don't know, we just cannot believe this person doesn't know how or doesn't know us the way we thought they should. And we make it mean all the horrible things about who we are and what we mean to them or what the relationship isn't. And the minute someone isn't treating you the way your manual describes in steps one through five, you lose your shit. You being anyone who's operating from a manual, which is most everyone. When we're operating from our manual, we are trying to control the people around us so that we can feel a certain way, which is never any fucking fun for anyone, anyone. And then that leads us to abdicating responsibility for our emotions rather than owning and managing them. You really believe that if he tells you he loves you, you can be happy. But if he doesn't and he doesn't call you, you make it mean he doesn't love you and you're unimportant, not lovable something has gone wrong, you're using this person as a way to define your worth, your days, your mood, and you are giving up all your power in the process. You are responsible for your feelings. You get to decide what you believe and how you want to feel. You can believe that I like people who call and communicate with me daily, but you don't have to make it mean anything bad about you if they don't. Some people like to talk on the phone others, not so much. There is no right or wrong answer. The minute you make it mean something about you, though, you're operating from your manual. When you ditch your manual, you give the people around you so much freedom to be themselves, and it brings you closer to them. 
Rather than controlling them, you get to connect with them. This concept can get a little tricky for a lot of people, especially couples, because you think your partner should meet your needs and you meet theirs, and everyone will be so fucking happy. We live in a culture that cultivates this belief that in order for us to be healthy, have a successful relationship, and happy, we have to meet one another's needs. Not so much in my mind. I can't count how many times I used to say to my husband, I need you to do this and then I will feel good. You need to work like this. You should be running with me. Hey, the way you're dressing, no, this is what it should be. Oh, and my God, guess what? When they didn't do the things that I thought I needed them to, I made it mean they didn't love me. They weren't trying. I wasn't worth changing for, making time for, or (laughs) they would do all the things And I found out I was still miserable and unhappy. So I would raise the bar and then they were resentful. And I was using all of my time and energy to try to get this person to comply and micromanage and burnout. It's a vicious cycle. I remember when my husband wouldn't leave work at a certain time, I would be fuming. He'd come home for dinner. Dinner would be cold. I'd be even more pissed. We'd argue you don't put the family first, you don't care about what I need. It went like that a couple of times a month, our entire marriage. I'd feel enraged, sad, and then exhausted. What I never figured out was that him coming home late had nothing to do with me. He was living according to his manual. Work needed to get finished before he could come home. I could have easily sat down and had dinner with the kids and put his plate in the microwave. But instead, it was all the drama. Because in my guidebook, everyone knows you're not late to my table. Because if you are, that means you don't love me. Thank God I figured this out. It turns out a lot of people, myself included now, want to meet their deadlines and it has nothing to do with wanting to make other people feel bad or unloved or wanting a cold dinner at that. I think this is actually what you might call emotional blackmail. If you don't do this, you will make me feel this. Now, this doesn't mean you don't share with your partner or the people in your world the things you like or don't like. Again, you just don't make it mean anything about you if they don't subscribe. You learn how to meet your own needs. You learn self-responsibility. This is the coolest thing about being an adult, right? We get to do what we want. For example, when I'm hosting dinner, I communicate, hey, dinner's at eight. If you aren't sitting at my table when we start, we'll be eating without you. Zero drama. I don't take it personal if they aren't sitting with us at eight. When you drop your manual, you take responsibility for yourself and you let the other adults do the same. There'll be so much less friction between you and the other humans when you're focused on meeting your needs and they may meet their needs and you stop blaming them for how you feel. Instead, you can just show up and support one another. Now, to be clear, a manual doesn't have anything to do with boundaries or terms of engagement. Boundaries are our hard nose. And if you're going to yell at me, I'm going to hang up the phone. If you have an affair, our marriage is over. Obviously, these are the more extremes as then there's others like, you know, don't smoke in my house. I'm going to ask you to leave. If you come over without calling, I probably won't answer my door. Having a manual is more about these expectations that you have that people need to behave a certain way so you can feel a certain way. And this isn't just in our romantic relationships. This is friendships, all relationships, renegades. A friend of mine was venting about her lady pal's dating life. You know, she's telling me that her friend should hire me. She desperately needs a dating coach, she said. You know those people who have their shit together. They're the greatest at everything in life. But when it comes to dating, they just can't figure it out. My friend doesn't date to find a best friend, but instead is looking for someone who will be able to provide for her financially. I keep seeing her pick the wrong guy over and over, and it's so hard to watch. But what my friend hasn't considered is that her best friend may not share the same belief about dating. 
her friend doesn't see anything wrong with who she's picking and why. That is a priority for this woman in finding a life partner. But my friend operates from a manual that says you should date to find a best friend to spend your life with, not for financial security. This causes her frustration in her friendship, plus a lack of intimacy and connection. I asked her why it wasn't okay to date for money. And what are you making that mean about her? How do you think you'd feel if she was dating for a best friend? Can you choose to feel that way now? What would you need to believe about your friend's dating life? You know, we think we want the best for people, that we know what's best for people, and our hearts seem like they're in the right place, but we are trying to have them operate like us. Do what I do and the world will be right. I won't have to question you or myself. I will feel comfortable. This never works. When we're operating from our manual, we are not connecting with the people around us. We are oscillating between trying to control them and get them in compliance with our manual and freaking out, which is the worst. How do you like it when people try to tell you what to do? It's not fun for anyone. We want people to be able to be themselves with their different beliefs and behaviors, to be human. I can't even imagine a bunch of me's running around. Let the adults be the adults. If we aren't paying attention, we're going to be operating from our very own manual. Let me give you some examples of a manual. Here we go. Dishes should be done. We should have family dinner every night. You should send me flowers. If I call or text, you should drop what you're doing and get right back to me. You should work out more. My partner should make more money than me. You shouldn't drink without me. Your workout should be done when it doesn't interfere with family time. You shouldn't have female or male friends. You shouldn't be looking at the opposite sex when we're out together. You shouldn't date for money. You should get married and have kids. So rather than trying to get everyone to comply with us and control their behavior, we let them do as they do. Show up, enjoy their company, support them. I want to invite you to look at your relationships that you have around you currently. and Just ask yourself, what are your expectations of them? What do you most want them to do and why? Let yourself go to a perfect world where they do exactly what you want them to do and when you want them to do it. You know, be like really specific and kind of crazy with that. No one's going to see your thinking. Now think about what you would be thinking and feeling if they did all these things for you. Notice that you can think and feel these things anyway. Literally, you are thinking and feeling it right now because our brain, it's kind of a sucker. Allow them to be who they are meant to be. Who are they? What do they do? How do they act? What are they consistent in? When you aren't trying to control who they are and their actions, what are they doing? Why do you imagine they do the things and are this way? What do you imagine their thoughts are that are driving their actions? In what ways are you like them? Mm, That's my favorite. I fall for that trick every time. It says that only one person in a relationship needs to do the work. Do you believe me? Other people can be late for drinks or not take the trash out, and you could be totally unaffected by it emotionally. Can you imagine? Give it a whirl. Certainly can't hurt. Look at your manual, then decide if that's how you want to operate. Renegades, the choice is yours. All right, that's what I've got for you this week. I'll talk to you soon. Renegades, thank you for tuning in this week. If you're enjoying this podcast, let me know. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and share it with a five-star rating and review. You can also head on over to my website, www.modernrenegades.com to sign up for my newsletter, leave your questions and comments, or just connect with me directly. I look forward to hearing from you.